0: My guest today is Jackie Russo. She's a brand strategist with 25 years plus of experience, founder of Brand Russo, author, speaker, and more. We're going to talk about all of that. Thank you for joining us, Jackie. Wonderful having you with us here. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get to found Brand Russo?
1: Sure. I, I grew up in Louisiana, and after my time in college here, I moved to Los Angeles. I worked for Creative Artists Agency, which is a crazy first job out of college. I mean, I, I was working with, you know, A-list actors and actresses, and um, it, was, it was kind of mind-blowing. And I left there after a couple of years and went to start a production company with uh, two clients, and i did product development and marketing and uh, we produced a couple of uh, feature films uh, virtuosity and hideaway were the two biggest ones i did some um, product development with a former client at caa mimi rogers who was the first uh, mrs tom cruise we developed a product called the stretch and flex took that onto hoping home shopping network sold a bunch of units got uh, kind of on their radar and then was hired to come in and work directly with Barry Diller, who at the time was buying HSN and Ticketmaster and USA Networks and a bunch of other companies worked there. And so this is basically most of the 90s. And then it was uh, time to move back to Louisiana. And in 2001, started Brand Russo. Great. That, that's quite quite a
0: career there. Um, how did you come up with the name Brand Russo? What was the reasoning behind that?
1: Well, it's like the eighth name, you know, because uh, when we started, I was a media buyer. That was the whole thing. I was um, i had gotten married. I'd had a baby. I was pregnant with the second baby. I had run out of um, paid time off at my job. I was a regional marketing director. And it was like, I, I have to have time off to have this baby. Like, that's crazy. What <laughs> do you mean? I don't have any time off. I took three days off for the first one. Oh my God. <laughs> Scheduled delivery on a Wednesday. I so that I can, I can be back at office on the Monday. Yeah. Three days. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's crazy. So I was like, I can't do that again. That's ridiculous. And um, my father-in-law, we were at at lunch at their house one Sunday, and he said, Why don't you go on your own? I said, What well, with what talent? You know, my husband's a graphic designer. He's very talented. You know, I know a lot of freelance graphic designers, but I'm a freelance Marketing director, like I, I don't. And then I was like, well, hold on, I'm a licensed media buyer. I've been certified for years. I could do freelance media buying. Well, maybe there's something to that idea. And so I waddled, you know, eight months pregnant, into a couple of companies locally who were just doing a horrible job with their advertising, and they hired me. And so I thought, okay, (laughs) well. is good. So I had enough business to quit my day job. And so I was really just a freelance media buyer. And so the name was OEJ Media uh, because my college debate partner, Oliver, and uh, one of my best friends, Elizabeth, and then Jackie, OEJ. And really it was shorthand for one-eyed Jack, our son, Jackson, the firstborn Uh, Really didn't sleep for like the first 24 hours. He had one eye open the whole time, looking (laughs) around, checking things out. So we called him One-Eyed Jack. And so it was named after (laughs) that. So it was OEJ Media was our first name. And then that was kind of weird uh, because we weren't just media. After six months, our media clients had needs for TV ads or radio ads or newspaper ads or billboards or whatever. And so Michael was working two jobs. uh, My husband, he was a graphic designer all day for one ad agency. And then he was doing work for my clients all night. And he's like, listen, you have more work than the 10 person ad agency that I work for. Can I (laughs) quit and just do this full time? Because that's a lot (laughs) trying to do two things. I'm like, yeah, sure. So um, he did. And so at this point, we're six months old. So OEJ media doesn't make any sense anymore. So it was just OEJ marketing. Mm. And then we started hiring employees and we started growing. And I kept trying to explain what the OEJ was. That was just weird. So it became um, the Russo Group. And so we were the Russo Group for years, but then nobody knew group of what? A group of attorneys, a group of accountants. (laughs) What are we a group of? A group of troublemakers. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, hold on. We're a branding agency. That's what we're doing predominantly, strategic brand plans and implementing those plans for our clients. So we need to have brand in the name. People um, ask, you know, when we were OEJ, somebody would say, well, you need to go do ask for the Russos. And they didn't make the connection with OEJ. So I didn't want it to be a name that's too brand specific, what we do. It needed to be a little bit Russo specific, who we are. And so brand Russo kind of came out of that. And we could buy the domain name, which is important. And so we've been Brand Russo ever since. So really, it's been, I think, 15 years now that we've been Brand Russo.
0: Mm. It's really wonderful, The like that whole path you just described. I think it's two things. One, it's what happens to a lot of startups. And I experienced that in my line of work like literally the issues you mentioned where people launch a business and there's like one service or one product or one idea, even that grows, that changes in time. Uh, You know, people come and go. Sometimes it's related to names of people in the company and they know more there, or it becomes limiting for one reason or another, whether it's geographically limiting or limiting them to a service uh, or a product. And um, then as you mentioned, there's the audience and how do they get and react to the name and i find that really great that you didn't have a problem going with that flow and changing it and listening to that feedback that you were getting you know from um from your customers and your team and and you know those feelings you had yourself as opposed to just saying no that's what we are and we're staying like that
1: I think that, you know, I get asked when I, I get interviewed at podcasts or when I, I speak at conferences, I get asked, you know, what's the secret to your success? I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know if I'm successful yet. I mean, we're getting by, <laughs> we're doing fine, but there's always a bigger goal. I'm always working towards something else. But I would say if anything that I was a tribute to how we've been able to stay in business for 24 years and continue to grow, it's adaptability. If you can't mm. adapt You're going to die. And so when I think about um, how we've adapted over the years. So, you know, it started with, it was just me working out of the house with a a baby in my belly and another one in a car seat at my feet. And then (laughs) we got so busy. So I had to hire people. So I had to adapt to figure out what that looked like and develop processes for that. And then we outgrew the office we were in. So we bought a building in downtown Lafayette, which is the building we've been in since 2005. So it's 8,500 square foot space. So we had to adapt to that. And then I think about, you know, the company was six months old when 9-11 happened and we had clients who just went out of business. Like they just couldn't survive the change that that forced on them. Um, and then the financial crisis, there was an oil and gas crisis because we're in an area that's very oil and gas predominant. it's not our client base, but it affects everything around us. And then I think about, um, you know, stock market crash and I think about covid every one of those is a place where business can end. And so Hmm. how are you going to adapt? And then in our own industry, I was a media buyer in TV, radio, newspaper, and billboard. Do you know what I have not done in 10 years? Bought TV, radio, newspaper, billboard. That's just, that's not the world we're in anymore. I mean, we still do a little Hmm. bit because some of our clients are in a market where it makes sense, but most of our clients, it's all digital. It's all Mm. online. And so how do we adapt to that? When social media came along, Michael, the aforementioned partner, graphic designer, husband, very opposite from me, personality type, said, this social media thing is not going to last, right? I mean, it's dumb. (laughs) And I was like, "Well, I'm being paid to fly around the country and teach companies how to use it in their business." So, yeah, I kind of think it's going to stick around. Um, and so, I developed courses on how parents can protect their kids on social media, how schools need to use social um, protection, how companies can leverage it, how they need to encourage their employees to be a part of it, not just block the Wi-Fi signal, which some companies try to do, which is a bad idea. And so adapt, 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 adapt. Um, You know, if we don't adapt, we're not going to make it. So uh, thank you for acknowledging that and commenting on like just the name part that to me just represents how we've adapted and we've changed the name to reflect who we've become. Now, I don't Mm. think people should change their company names willy nilly and you can't just do it every couple of years. But as you grow and evolve, you need to rise up and meet who you're growing and evolving into. Mm. And so sometimes that is a logo change or a name change or a location change to a new building or, you know, a a launch of a new department and hiring of a new team of talent that can match that. We have to adapt. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I completely agree with you. And I I think that that was, uh, is it Darwin uh, who said that, that it's not about survival of the strongest, but the ones who can best adapt to change. Sounds yes. like something that he would say. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 100% yes. Yeah, so definitely. So you just touched on um, the fact that the billboard and TV advertising and radio, even though like, I mean, we get in the car, we put on the radio sometimes, I, I still hear all the time too much advertising, even if you ask me. So that does exist. People do pay for it. I don't know how much of it is because like it's the done thing and, and it's like, I don't know how they measure its effectiveness, but it does still exist, like you mentioned, but definitely not to the extent that it used to. So how have you seen in those 25 plus years um, that change how how businesses, how brands advertise themselves and how should they?
1: So every time you say 25 plus years and I know that's written in my bio like we sent it to you but I think I'm only 30. How is that possible? Because I don't feel old enough to have had a career for 25 years. It's it's technically accurate but it still feels weird. Um so there's a lot of things to the answer to that question. Um first of all, I think it's important to realize that on average we encounter 8,000 ads a day. On average. Mm. So you are surrounded by it. There's no escaping it. Um, Our brains have developed filters that help protect us from most of those 8,000 ads. So we're actually not absorbing even... 10% of the ads we see when you drive past the same billboard every day, every day you become blind to it. When you um, see an ad on TV, if you're watching, you know, regular straight up live TV or you don't pay for the Hulu, no ads. uh, Mm -hmm. You'll just start to tune those ads out because they're not applicable to you. And so that's that. um, It's the RAS. That's the part of the brain that's protecting us because we can't absorb all that information. The things that cut through the clutter are Um, our fight or flight instinct. So it doesn't matter how preoccupied you are. If there's something that happens, glass breaking in the other room, like somebody's breaking into the house, that's going to cut through the clutter, right? That it's going to activate your fight or flight instinct. So that will cut through. Um, If someone says the word sex, even across the room, your ears will perk up. (laughs) I'm going to listen to this conversation. What are they talking about over there? If somebody says your name. So there are little things that will cut through or if it's in that order, (laughs) not necessarily in that order, but maybe (laughs) close to that order. Um, And then if it's directly relevant to you. So I I go back to, you know, I I had a baby, started the company, had a baby, had a baby, had a baby. So I had four babies in five years. And so there was a, a half a decade where I was just really pregnant the whole time, <laughs> like just for five years straight. I, have, I mean, I, we have some similarities. I have four kids as
0: well. And actually, no my way. husband, that's a yeah, and my husband has that running job. Like, it's been a long time you haven't been pregnant. <laughs> I was like, shut up. <laughs>
1: I don't want yeah, to talk about it. We're going to keep it that way for a little <laughs> bit longer.
0: What yeah. ages are your kids? Uh, 19 in two days, the eldest. Uh, The other ones are, hold on, 14, 12, and 8.
1: Okay. Oh, it's a spread. Yeah. That's that's quite a spread. Okay. So mine are, um, 23, 22, 21 and 19. Oh, cool. So they're like one after the other. Yeah. Yeah. So literally four kids in four years. The oldest had turned four and then I had the the youngest. So, um, but so during that time, and so you, you spread yours out smartly a little bit better. I know during that time for me, I saw pregnancy gear and baby equipment. And it's like everybody was having babies. (laughs) It appears to me, contrary to what you just said, that no one has had babies in 19 years because I haven't seen pregnant people. I haven't seen ads for pregnant things. Now, does that mean that no one's running those ads? No, of course they are. But it wasn't relevant to me. So it didn't Mm. get through my filter and I didn't notice it because it didn't matter. Mm. And so advertising is a little bit about knowing really who your target audience is, what they need, what they want, how they think about themselves, how they think about their challenges, how they think about your industry and your products and your competitors. It's a little bit about knowing how you're different. So what is it that makes you special? Why should they pick you? There's got to be a reason why you're the right choice. If you're going to make me change, you got to give me a good reason to change. It's a little bit about knowing the messaging that you're going to put out there using the client's, the customer's language, because we all use industry terminology that matters to only people in our own industry. So what terminology mm. do they use? Because those are the words that are going to matter. And then putting those messages in the right place enough times that they're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting until I need you. Then I will notice you. Then I'll think my phone is listening to me because I just said that. <laughs> and now I saw the ad. No, no, you said that it opened the filter and you saw the ad. That ad's been there the whole time.
0: Hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, that's interesting. Uh I'm going to get
0: back to that. But before I forget that question, you did mention a few times um, the graphic designer, uh, you know, business partner, husband. Yes. That is not a very common thing where, uh, you know, people work with their husband, wife, you know, (laughs) family
1: in general. So how is that working out for you? Well, we're still doing it. You know, we've been married 25 years and we worked together 23 years. So knock wood, So far, so good. Um, it's a challenge. There are times when it is really difficult. Um, Michael and I went to the same college, but we did not m- know each other in college. Uh, we had a mutual best friend. I was in the sorority with her and he was in show choir with her. Her name's Melissa. <laughs> And so after college, you know, I'm in Los Angeles. Melissa moves to Seattle. Michael moves to Seattle. Platonic, they're friends. She helps him get established. I move home from Los Angeles. He moves home from Seattle one week apart. Still don't know each other. Just coincidence. (laughs) I go work for one ad agency. He goes to work for another ad agency. We meet at an ad fed Christmas party. So it's like a bunch (laughs) of ad agencies together in one room. And I think you're kind of familiar. Are you friends with Melissa? Yeah. So, you know, we've heard her talk about each of us to the other. I need a date for a Mardi Gras ball in January. Melissa comes home for Christmas. You should ask my buddy, Michael. Like, maybe. I don't know. I don't know your buddy. No, no. Listen, he knows how to dance. He owns his own tuxedo. And I know he'll say yes. I was like, done. I will date your friend, Michael. So (laughs) I was like, hey, do you want to go to this Mardi Gras ball with me? He says, yes. We go to the ball. So that's January. In April, we're engaged in October. We're married in November. We find out that we're pregnant from our honeymoon and our first Christmas together is our first Christmas together. (laughs) So, um, and then, you know, we have the baby in the next August and then we get pregnant the next year and then we start the agency. So it was boom, boom, boom. One of the things that I think has made it work for us is clearly defined roles. Who's in charge of what we can't both be in charge of everything. And somebody has to be in charge of everything. So we have to have clearly defined roles. I am an okay cook, but I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy it. We're going to have the same five things over and over again, because that's what I know how to make. (laughs) He loves it. And he's really good at it. And he's Italian. And so he's always inventing things. He's the guy who can stand in the pantry and see a bunch of random stuff and put it together for this amazing meal. And I'm like, where'd you get the recipe? What do you mean recipe? I just grabbed it out of the pantry and made it. I was like, (laughs) no, that's weird, man. People don't just do that. That's a talent. Um, No, the thing is I do that, but it doesn't work. Like oh, it, it works when he does it. You'll I, have to come over. Uh, he makes pasta that is, will make you so happy.
0: So happy. My, my husband is French, and he does the cooking in the house. So I think I know kind of kind of what you mean. When yes. I say I'm going to make the dinner, the kids are like, mom, can we order
1: pizza? So there you you go. Know, that
0: says no. <laughs>
1: yeah. I make two things that my kids will tolerate and, and like, and then everything else Michael makes. And mm-hmm. so now when I met Michael, he had, you know, like $2.50 in his bank account because he's a graphic designer. He's an artist. It's money... So I'm in charge of that. So we just each have our own skill set and at the office it's the same thing. It's a divide and conquer. I'm a strategist, so I'm always thinking about the strategy, the research, the plan, how do we how do we make this work? How do we track it to make sure it worked? He's a creative. He's a writer, he's a graphic designer. And so, you know, I'm pointing like the side of the building where his team is. So he oversees that whole team of creatives. I oversee this team of strategists and he and I don't talk very much during the day which is probably why we're able to still work together and be married. <laughs> and so, you know, every time we hire a person, I'm like, good, that's another block between the two of us. I'll tell that person, they'll tell somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody who tell you. And so, you know, that's how it works for us. <laughs> it, it sounds absolutely wonderful.
0: Yeah. I think it has great. its moments.
1: I'm sure. I'm
0: sure it does. (laughs) But then, I mean, so, so, so it does in everything. I think it's important to sort of be realistic and be honest about it. And that's kind of how things work.
1: Yes, for
0: sure. It definitely doesn't work for everyone. I I mean, I'm like, I've, I've seen, you know, both type of stories. I think honesty is the most important thing. If you figure out that it doesn't work with, you know, either it's the work side or the personal side be open about it and decide what's more important. I guess. Right.
1: Well, and I would add to that. You know, there were definitely times um, along the the path where it wasn't working on the personal side. And I mean, we made a commitment, and I'm I'm honoring that commitment. We've got these four kids, and so you know, I'm not changing anything. But there were times when I I thought about it. You know, I considered like, what are the options? How do I get out of this? But we're also working together, and so you know, so I'm going to blow up my entire life. And there were times when it didn't work as well professionally. There were some frustrations. We had to really figure out how to help Michael understand deadlines. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> there's some challenges there. But so, what am I going to do? Fire him? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it's about, so we're in this commitment and, and we're locked in. So, how do we make it work? And I think mm. sometimes it's easier to say, oh, well, I'm just going to chuck it and start again. And sometimes that's necessary. But in our situation, being connected in both places meant we've worked really hard to make it work.
0: Mm. I think that's a great point. And um, um, it reminds me very weirdly, but th- there is a connection there. It reminds me of an article I read some time ago, and it was an interview uh, with a couple that was an uh, old couple from India, and they, they had an arranged marriage that's, you know, they, they used to, I think it's still
1: done. Oh, they still do. Sure.
0: Yeah. And, and I was like, I started reading with that very negative, you know, that's horrible. And, and I I still think that shouldn't be the case. Like you shouldn't arrange how people marry, but what it did make me think about reading that and what they said, it was like, when you, like you are with this person and it's, that's it, you know, you know, that's going to be it. That's going to be my partner for life. You make it work. You both work very hard on making that work and you know, the respect and and I'm sure there that that's not you know all the cases, but it made me think that the reality of that, of of knowing that's gonna be it, and people make it work, people put effort in. And when it's not the case, when you don't feel and more and more like we we are a lot more free, both you know, financially, geographically, whatever you want now. Um and we take that for granted and we see that as if we don't have to work for it. Like happiness is just there. You know, we meet and boom, it's great. And we don't have to put effort in. And it's actually not the case. You have to put effort in. Like you have even to if you're absolutely to crazy in love with somebody, it's an ongoing thing. And same in business, you know, you can have a great idea. You still have to work with it, sometimes even
1: harder <laughs> because it's great. Have to put effort into it, and I, if I'm to think about you know, to make that comparison, because I think you make a really great point, I look at the challenges that we've been through in our marriage. You know, raising four kids is not for the week, as you know, mm-hmm. and and you know, so how we are married, and then how we parent, and then our family, but then us as a couple, there's a lot to work out there, and I think it clearly mirrors the challenges we've had at our business. You know, I mentioned a bunch of external forces that have been a challenge along the way. Probably the biggest was COVID, but there were internal forces, you know, hiring people. We own the company equally. So who's in charge? Who's the boss? How do we make final decisions? What if we don't agree? And not just Mm. don't agree, maybe on hiring somebody or on growing or expanding, but we don't agree on this, the the approach for a client. Hmm. I mean, that happens. I will. I'll throw out ideas in a meeting and he will not like them. Ninety nine percent of the time I will throw out an idea. He will not like it. I swear to you, Tatiana, two days later, he comes back. He goes, I had a great idea. (laughs) That sounds exactly like the thing I said two days ago that you didn't like. He goes, "Nope, it's different. I'm like, it's only different because you hear it in your own voice. So, you know, we have those moments because we're humans and humans are challenging. And so for us, it's been about working through it. And we are in a lot of ways now, you know, 25 years in on the marriage side, we've found, we've found a good rhythm. I would have loved to have found it at 10 years in. Um, but I really <laughs> feel like the stress of kids, you know, cause all of our kids are off now once, um, graduated, graduated. I mean, he's got his undergrad, his MBA, and he's actually working for a branding agency in Nashville. And then, um, the next three are still in college. We had all four in high school at the same time, all four in college at the same time. And, um, but so it, it's now it's more us and that's a lot mm. easier. I know mm. a lot of people, the kids leave and so they look at each other and they're like, who are you? And do I like you? Mm. Luckily, we do. And so we're two years into a, um, we're free birds. They come and go from the <laughs> nest. The nest isn't completely empty and it's, it's good.
0: Mm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm like, I don't get those people that are like, it's a like, God. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm like, party.
1: That's what yes. I'm going to do. <laughs> yes. Watch whatever show you want to watch at any time you want to watch it. You know what's yeah. crazy? I leave the house. I come back six hours later, 12 hours later, three days later. Everything's in exactly the same place where I left it. Oh, wow. There's oh no God, new just- dirty dishes. <laughs> There's no new dirty clothes. It's all uh, just like it was when I left. <laughs> it's a gift. Oh,
0: dear. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I have some time, but yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, dear. Yeah. Got me dreaming there. Let's talk about, (laughs) what did I want to talk about? Um, Right. You did touch on that. You did say uh, when we were talking about the choice of name brand Rousseau, and you said, and the domain name was valuable, that was important. Yes. What do you feel? And you have the span like of both like your expertise across the board and as well, the time you spend in the industry. How do you feel? And we have like on my side, like we've heard a lot of things that came and went and some are still around that we're going to kill the domain names like there was going to be everything is going to be social network you don't need domain names they don't matter everything is going to be applications on your phone you don't need domain it's not going to matter and we still have domain names and they do matter what is
1: your experience what are your thoughts on that i think the domain names are always going to matter um you know phone numbers don't matter as much i don't see people calling as much but domain names matter they need to be clear they need to be easy to understand especially with all of the you know spammer hacker Um, black hat, all of the the negative, bad stuff that's happening, it's more important than ever that you have a very clear, easy to understand domain name. Now, it doesn't have to end in .com. You know, I'm seeing more .cos, .banks, .infos, .orgs. And so that's okay. You've got some options there. But if, you know, for us, there was a Russo, just Russo, not brand Russo, Russo Russo.com. And it was not used by a competitor. It was used just it's a like a reseller. And so we thought, well, we could go get the Russo.co or the Russo.info. Um, but I really wanted brand in the name. I wanted people to understand what we do and who we are. And if that had been owned by a competitor, by another agency, it would have been a no-go, no non-starter, mm. because you're just going to confuse the customer. Uh, when mm. we were uh, maybe eight years, no, not even five years into <laughs> our business, we um, there was another person with the same last name as us that was a client. And so we did work for them. Uh, they had a band. Mm-hmm. At the time, we did a lot of music marketing and, and work. Uh, Michael was actually a voting member of the Grammys uh, because we did so mm-hmm. much. He did so much design work for musicians. So then years later, um, that that person opens an ad agency with a, a different name. It wasn't called Russo, uh, but their name was Russo. And so there was mm. so much confusion in the marketplace because people didn't know if they were calling the agency where this Russo worked or the agency where that Russo worked. So that's mm. confusing. So you've always got to think through, put yourself in their shoes. The most important thing anybody can do in any business and do it often, a couple of times a year, is put yourself in the shoes of your customer or your client or mm. your patient. What are they going to Google to solve their problem? And what pops up in that search? What are they going to call and how do they answer? How's the phone answered? What if they send an email? Mm. Who's going to get that email? You've got to go through the steps just the way they would walk a mile in their shoes and realize what information are they receiving and what could take them off the path of going straight to you. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree with you on the confusion. And that's, um, that's been uh, before, uh, and I, I keep repeating that story when I talk to people, but it, it is relevant. But b- before I got into domain names, I had an IT, software development agency. And I'm sure that applies to, uh, must have it in your line of work as well, where people would come with a great idea or project or product or whatever it is they're doing um, to you to, you know, in my case, it was to build software, to build their website. And very quickly, people that are really bright and intelligent, and they have the budget and the ideas and the team and everything, very quickly they fall into that hole of you sitting there looking at them, and and it's all about I like this, I like that, I like this color, I like that picture, I want to move that there, make that like that. And it's like it's not about you, <laughs> and it's so hard to get that across to people. And I think it's really important what you say that you really have to do that. You really have to remember and put yourself in your clients, in your you know target audience shoes. Uh, I've literally had people reaching out for a domain name and they're like, oh, well, it's just nice to have. I don't need it. And uh, it, it really doesn't matter. And then you'd have somebody from their company writing to me uh, and getting their own email room because their domain name is so bad, that they cannot get it right. And that's their job. You know, that's their own email. They're not like buying
1: from themselves. No, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Um, we were doing work for a very large business bank a few years ago. And so I'm in the boardroom with all of these bank uh, board members. So there were, I don't know, probably 15 or 18 of them. They were all in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, they were all white, they were all male. And they wanted a campaign to target um, new women businesses because somebody had read an article that that was the the hot new business trend, right? Women were starting businesses more than before. And so I said, okay, now at this point I'm in my thirties. I am literally a new businesswoman. I mean, you know, we, the agency had been around for six or seven years. And, um, but I was like me, I'm the target audience. So, but we went through our process, you know, we, Razor branding is what we called, it. And so we went through Razor branding and we did focus, promise, connection, harmony. We put together a plan. I brought it to them. I was like, this is it. Uh, now there were some aspects of it I didn't love, but I knew the work was right. We had done the job. We had talked to the target audience. We, cause it was in a different market. I, I'm not in that city. So, okay. Um, but we had talked to people in that city. We had talked to women who were starting businesses or had um, started them a few years before. So we knew this was going to work. Those men told me that I was wrong and that they didn't like it and that they would like this, this and this instead. And I was like, OK, <laughs> so I I presented all the rationale and all the reasoning why, you know, this was right. We'd done the focus groups. We've done the research. We'd had the conversations. This is the right answer. But I don't like it. I'm like, OK. But here's examples, here's videos of women talking about how powerful this is and how much connected they feel to it and how great it is, but I don't like it. And I was like, okay, so I'm out. I've I've, Three strikes, I'm out. I've done everything I can to tell you what the right answer is. So at this point, I then get to make a choice. Either I withdraw, hey, we're not the right agency for you. You know, you you don't see things the way I see them or, you know, I grit my teeth and I do the work that they want us to do, even though I know it's wrong. Mm. And then I'm going to be held responsible for the success or failure of that campaign.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that is classic where like people hire you because, you know, you do your job well and then they try and tell you how to do it. I always have that. I don't know. And it's and I have like really funny scenarios that I love in my head on my own that where I imagine exactly the same story that you just said, but like in a doctor's room. Where you go and the doctor looks at you and examines you and goes, okay, so you need to take this and that. And that. I was like, I don't think so. Like, you know, how do you see that happening? I think you should cut that arm off because I think so.
1: Happens <laughs> all know? the time. I mean, <laughs> doctors always are telling people you need to eat right. You need to exercise more. You need to do this. You, I don't want to, I'm not gonna. It's like, okay, it's your body, it's your health, but yeah. you're making choices. These are the ramifications of those choices.
0: Yep. And I think that's, that's pretty much about all you can do, I guess, is make it as clear as possible. You know, why do you feel, what do you feel? Why, why, why are you of that opinion? You know, the like job you've done, the research, et etc., et And what are the consequences if, you know, they go the other way and then obviously you can't make choices for people. Right. Right. You mentioned razor branding.
1: I wanted to ask you about that. Tell me a little bit more about that. What is it? Sure. So it's something that we created um, and trademarked back in 2005, I think, 2008. So it's it's been a minute. And it's really our approach. Um, we knew we needed a process. We needed to make sure that we had a set process that we followed every time. And so we even wrote a book on it. Um, it's called He Said, She Said Branding. <laughs> and so it is... Um, it's step by step, how we do it. So, focus that's who we're talking to their demographics, their psychographics, their personality profiles, their pain points, everything we need to know about who we're focused on. Every company, and I mean every single company that I have ever worked with in my entire career, always thinks their audience is wider than it should be. They always mm-hmm. want to, they're worried, scarcity. You know, oh, I need more anymore. No, no, no. You will get more if you go more narrow, but that feels opposite to them. So, Focus is real important. We got to get focused. Uh, Promise is why you, what is it that you do that's different? How are you going to make them make a change? You know, why are you the right choice for them? So that's a little bit about competitive, competitor analysis, understanding the overlap and the gap in the space. And you need to have a unique differentiator. If you cannot differentiate, you cannot dominate. So what do you do that's different? Humans are a herd species. We're pack animals, just like zebras and antelopes and elephants. And so as a human, we want to blend in for safety because it's in our DNA. It's how we're going to be protected from the, um, our adversaries, you know? Uh, And so I I think about high school a lot, you know, you want to blend in, you don't want to stand out. You want to have somebody sit with that lunch to protect you from the bullies. And so it's, it's very much wired into us, but in business, if we listen to that natural instinct, then we can't be chosen because we're so busy blending in. We can't be seen. So we have to, you know, kind of let go of that human inclination and instead stand out from the pack, be different, be be authentic, be real. You can't make it up, but you've got to be different. And the third piece connection is messaging. If you've ever read Donald Miller's book, Story Brand, um, mm-hmm. that's what we've been saying for years. The fact that he wrote into a book, I'm very annoyed. I didn't think about writing that first. <laughs> But it's not about you. It's got to be about them. They are their favorite topic. So how can you communicate in their language with their words to them about their challenges? And then you're just the guide with a solution. And then last but not least is harmony. And that's all the places where the messages go so that they're working together in harmony. They're not working against each other. And um, so that's Razor Branding in a nutshell. Mm. So immediately, where domain names fit into that, I have to say the last part, the harmony where
0: everything has to work together, as and, so, and I, I think it touches as well on what you mentioned earlier about confusion. And it's I, I think like everything is like as soon as you have something that requires more effort from the customer, it's it's like you know
1: forget it. Yeah, that's exactly it. it. It really all comes down to how can you connect. Hence the connection for messaging. How can you connect with that target audience? And so when people tell me all the time, oh, okay, I'm going to connect. I'm trying to figure out why my website isn't working. Like, well, that's a very tactical approach and tactics are important, but who does your website need to work for? Well, this, Mm -hmm. um, these people. So really, you know, I want to talk to um, everybody in uh, construction, like everybody in construction, General contractors, project managers, electricians, roofers, plumbers, they don't Mm. have the same concerns. Those are five different groups with five different messages. Is it the people who own the company or the people who review invoices or the people who are actually working on the job site? Mm. Three very different approaches. So don't tell me everybody. Let's get real narrow, real focused, real specific. Then... We can talk about how the message on the website needs to be targeted to that target audience how you're going to drive people to that website how you're going to measure it worked or didn't work what action you want them to take when they, there's a lot of work that goes into that so no websites don't just work it's got to have a strategy
0: mm. uh, that reminds me another um period of of my work when when i was uh, into the software website building where it was another very common thing where people would come and have that great idea and like they do the website and then they just sit and wait. Like, it's just gonna work. Like, no, <laughs> it's not gonna just work. <laughs> like, literally, I literally seen that happen a few times and I, I felt horrible about it because, like, you can, like, when people don't wanna hear you, they're just not gonna hear you. Where they go, like, you know, throwing money at a wonderful website, really good idea great you know visuals and everything and it's like okay now what are we gonna do you know strategy marketing and it's like no i just you know paid for an office and you know got my suit and i'm gonna sit down and wait for the phone to ring i was like okay (laughs) right
1: yeah (laughs) yeah you know it it really all comes down to um if you were building a house Would your contractor say, okay, I'm dropping off some materials tomorrow in the yard and we'll start building, building what, what's it going to look like? How big is it going to be? How many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, how's it all going to work together? Right. Mm. You have to have a plan and people for whatever reason, appreciate the need for a blueprint and a materials list and a paint schedule. And you know, that if you have the plumber come out before it's ready to have the pipes laid, you just wasted some money on a trip. So all Mm -hmm. those pieces have to fit together just right. So when the painter shows up, when the um, sheet rocker shows up, when the plumber shows up, when the roofer shows up, there's an order to that system. And sometimes they come, they do a little bit, they leave. The next person comes, then this person comes back. It's a dance. Mm -hmm. So we see how that works when you're going to build a house or, you know, a, a skyscraper. How we don't see that the exact same thing needs to work that same way for building your business is beyond me. Um, mm. it's almost like the the technology makes it too easy. And so people think, mm. oh, well, I have a computer. I can just do this. Okay. Mm. Good luck. But so it really is about having a plan. And so to me, having a strategic brand plan means it's strategy. So we're really being strategic about it. We're planning it out. We're researching it. We're doing the work it's branding. So we're building emotional connections and it's planning. We're not just winging mm. it. And look, I'm all about, you know, build the plane while we're in the air. Let's go, let's make it happen. Let's move fast. But I also am smart enough to appreciate that building a plane while in flight, not a great idea. Um, You can't (laughs) write the recipe book during the dinner rush at the restaurant. How are those two things going to work together? (laughs) So you write the recipe book then you're prepared for the dinner (laughs) rush because everybody knows their job on the line. Mm.
0: Do you know, the the funny thing is that like one in a gazillion times somebody can wing a thing like that and it works and then everybody points to it and go, but they did it. It's
1: like, yeah, but they're one in gazillion, like the other gazillion failed. Right. So. (laughs) Right. Well, it's just like everybody that talks about the overnight success. um, You know, I'm Mm. like, there, there are no overnight successes. There are years Mm. that go into working and failing over here, working and learning over here, working and figuring out over here. And then it leads to this. And then this is successful. Well, this was built Mm. on all those years of lessons. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely okay
0: I, I think we can talk forever like I'm, I'm really having fun with this but we, we kind of I don't want to keep you up forever um, you can go and enjoy your life because your kids are big now <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question <laughs> last I'm not, not jealous uh, last question um, since the beginning of the year I started that last year I was like since you're the beginning of the year like what are you looking forward to in 2023 and then I was like we're in August stop asking that But now I can. What are you looking forward to 2024?
1: So, you know, we finished 23 with our fifth straight year of growth. And so that made me very happy. Um, In 24, we're going to continue that. We've you know, we're always looking to improve and perfect our processes. We are integrating a lot of we started last year integrating a lot of AI into our work. And so we're continuing to grow and expand on that. We've got a couple of new hires that we're bringing onto the team. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to have two daughters graduate college, one in May and one in December, um, early. So I'm excited about that. And um, the one who's graduating in May is getting married. So I'm excited about that. So we've got a lot to be excited for this year.
0: Wonderful. That's great. So yeah, wonderful. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to include all the links on where people can reach out to you in the comments of the podcast. Thank you so much, Jackie. It has
1: been fun.